get into our last film of the week here, The Pink Cloud. The Pink Cloud is a Brazilian sci-fi thriller. It's uh, certainly like a dystopian, I think is fair to say. And it's the directorial debut of Brazilian filmmaker Luli, I think, Gerbasi, Gerbasi, I don't know how to pronounce her name correctly, but this stars another actor named Renata, uh, Renata Deliz, and uh, Eduardo Mendone, Caio Rodriguez, Helena Becker, and many more. And this film actually premiered at Sundance last year, so a year ago, January 2021. It was made before COVID, but you will notice right away that this film is eerily prescient. Like, it, it is truly amazing. Yeah. It is a movie sort of about COVID before COVID happened. Right. Because the setup yeah. is that there's this pink cloud that kills people, and so everybody has seconds. to stay indoors. Yeah. Yeah. It's an instantaneous death. Like, 10 seconds, you're out. Yes. So everybody has to stay indoors for a long period of time, and it's one of those things where at first people are just like, oh, this will be like a couple of weeks. Mm. And man, this movie, it really captures it. It really captures what actually happened. It is so oh, yeah. bizarre. It's like fascinating I can't how it. well it captures that that sense of dread in a way in a way that like i'm sure we're gonna get like we've gotten a handful already but we're gonna get a lot of like pandemic movies or lockdown movies and they're all gonna try to capture this feeling and i don't think any of them are gonna do it quite as well well maybe some will but i don't think a lot of them will capture this feeling quite as well as this movie does personally. yeah i i hate to be pessimistic you know because i i want to hope for the best but yeah i i cannot disagree with you <laughs> you know i think that that certainly is uh certainly more likely than not yeah, but, it is uh, funny too because yeah. uh, the tagline for this film it's so funny the tagline the official tagline is any resemblance to actual facts is purely coincidental well yeah that's um like because you the, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the film there is that title card where it's like this movie was written in 2017 and filmed in 2019 yeah. any relationship to current events like you said is purely coincidental and you and when you see wait i mean i didn't know much about this film going into it. i went into it fairly blind so i was like like, that seems like an odd thing to write. Like, you know, like whatever. Like I've heard like, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds you of the pandemic. I was like, okay, maybe it'll be like some similarities or whatever. And then you watch it and you're like, oh man, like this is, this is it. Like this is what it was like. She got it down exactly. Yep. So the setup for this movie is uh, these two people uh, named Giovanna and Yago. They are they, like, they just started like hooking up. They're in their late twenties. We got another movie about people in their late twenties. Yeah, but uh, talk they, about they, a uh, a meet cute situation. A meet cute. They literally <laughs> just met, right? And they like you know they decide to hook up like right after I think it was like a party or something, and then that's when this happens. A mysterious cloud shows up, and it like like we said, it'll kill you. So they have to like go indoors, and time starts to pass, and they're kind of just like stuck together, and. It's like one of these weird things where they kind of have to figure out their relationship. They also have to figure out like she has a like family members who are stuck in these precarious situations and like they can communicate using technology and everything. And they have like these delivery systems, but nobody can Mm -hmm. go outside. And then time just continues to pass. And it's sort of about how they're they're trying to, you know, figure out their problems. They're trying to Mm -hmm. sort of like reconceive what their lives can be it's a very existential movie in that respect i I think it's kind of a fascinating movie my question for you is do you think it's a cathartic movie like do you think it's the kind of movie that like made you feel okay about or made you feel anything positive about this pandemic experience we've been going through um not that it has to i'm just curious i don't know if it made me feel 
positive about it. It, it. it gave me a lot of reflection about it, even though that, like we said, that wasn't the intent. I don't think, um, you know, it, it, it allowed me to kind of think back to like 2020 and like where I was and when I was more housebound and that, that kind of, like you said, that existential dread of just like not really knowing what time is anymore. Like it's now March, it's now April, it's now June, it's now July. And like, there are like touchstones, like now it's my birthday or like now we celebrate Easter and now it's like the 4th July, but it's still like we're inside and like the weather is warmer, but it's like, we're, you know, outside looking in or sorry, inside looking out. Um, and you know, it's like what, what, what really makes a difference here. And then I think that, sense of like trying to kind of find some new normalcy with it and you know trying to connect with people online uh you know makes it seem a little bit more casual but there is that kind of like prolonged sense of like well what is the answer here like what do we do like there's no like way to really move forward correctly and uh, we get like two conflicting viewpoints here from our two characters in a way that like i they they see a similar, they have similar ideas about like what this means, but like their perspectives start to flip over time or become more exaggerated over time in a ways that feel fairly believable, even though time itself kind of becomes um, more inscrutable to figure out exactly like how long it's been. Like there are a like couple it moments where it's cloudy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it, it pulls off a balance I think is really hard to achieve. And I, I think it's, it captures that really well. I'm assuming, I don't know. If I've read anywhere about like what the filmmaker's original intent was with the film, my guess was probably like climate change, kind of similar to like Don't Look Up, where it's just like kind of like what does it mean to like get older and like try to raise a family at a time when like the world itself, like with climate change and extreme weathers and just like general disarray with the world, like what does it mean to try to like kind of find that uh that sense of normalcy in a life where you don't really know how long we have left. But have you read anything about like what her original intent was with the film? No, but I think I think where I sort of landed with like the intention that I can perceive is I think she wanted to make a relationship drama first and foremost and like sort of use the worldwide cataclysm as sort of like something to accelerate that to really like capture what it's like when two people who go through any sort of like catastrophe or a tragedy together it can just sort of like speed run them really being together more out of obligation and like necessity than like true love. And I think that to me is like where this film is probably the most interesting. Mm -hmm. And especially because I think it's a really smart idea too. It's like you could easily do this movie without the idea of a pink cloud. You could just say like, oh, you can't go outside because blah, blah, blah. But by making it this sort of surreal color that like is always like there. Mm -hmm. It's always, because it's like always in the back of their heads. I think it's a really nice touch. It's a really nice like atmospheric mood setting thing that ties into the plot. It's like, it's and even the color, the choice of pink, it's not just the neon glow of it that sort of like evokes that sort of like eeriness of like, this is weird. Like, this is not something that we're used to. The sky doesn't usually look like that. Like, I it, it reminded me a lot of like when um, the first year of the pandemic, I remember like that time because of the wildfires in California, outside was just orange. Like, the entire sky was like this really hazy orange. And we all woke up and it was super like we woke up to this dark orange like neon haze coming through the windows. And like, I had a little bit of like, you know, reliving that trauma watching this movie a bit, honestly. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, cause that was truly like a, an alarming situation. So 
I think, yeah, as in terms of like this movie sort of like nailing what life is like right now, it I don't think it could have done it any better without actually going through it. Yeah, I mean, even especially in the second half or in like the last uh, third act or so where it nails like very specific things that, you know, I would never if I were to write a story like this in 2017 or 2018, I would never think to like put that in the film. Uh, and they do. And it, it, it proves to be very, like you said, precedent because it, it has like a lot of things that were uh, true to how things panned out, uh, at least in the U.S., um so yeah it's a lot of stuff like that um yeah and, and like i was saying before it, it does remind me a bit of the mist i don't know if you ever saw that film uh just like that kind of idea of, like being forced to shelter with somebody uh and and i, I agree with you that like that kind of sense of like you have to like literally sort of like play house here like you kind of like you, you're forced in a situation that's sort of like what adulthood is as well like you like don't ever really like get to that point where you're like an adult, you're just kind of like, Oh, like, I guess it's like what we're supposed to do now. Or like, you know, it, it's stuff like that, that it, it evokes very well and, and, and very, uh, and like we said, a very precedent way that, uh, I found to be very, uh, not cathartic, but like very, um, uh, engaging, I guess. Yeah. Like if anything, there are things that happen in that third act, like revelations and like what people have, started doing that i was just like oh my gosh it does sort of put into perspective like i think we can look at the pandemic right now and i mean after watching this movie we can at least be and, and i hate to even say this because i don't want to be flippant or dismissive of like a lot of the pain and trauma and, and awful things that have happened but like we have been able to go outside like we have been able to like a lot of people have been able to resume a life of normalcy we have like vaccines we have you know things that have mitigated this pandemic so it's like i this is obviously the very extreme example of that because these people can't even go outside. And I think like we only really had right. that for like a couple of weeks where people were kind of scared to go outside. But I mean, even then lots of people did anyway. They were just, you know, not outside for long periods of time. Sure. So yeah, I, I do think it's important to keep that in perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like a one point where she's like, can we just have like a mask or something like that? So they can't even like go outside and like shield themselves from something without, you know, falling to their death in some cases, quite literally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know how much more I want to give away. Cause there's a lot of stuff I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to reveal, but I mean, the stuff that stands out to me is just like the very minute stuff. Um, like it, there's one scene that really stands out to me involving uh hangman. That oh, yeah. is just, it's, Oof. it's very odd. It's, Weird to like think that that might be like one of the sexiest scenes I've seen in, in a few years. It's not like like if you describe someone's like that's kind of weird, but it's like the way it's filmed, especially from this filmmaker, it's just very and the anticipation yeah. leading up to it, right? It's like out oh, of yeah. context, it makes no sense, but then you're like, oh, when you're actually watching it, it yeah. I, I would say too, like one one thing about this movie that. I really appreciated was that they didn't get bogged down in like the government's reaction to everything. Like it wasn't a movie where it was just like constantly like we have to try this and we need to do this. And the government's try. it just sort of like let stuff play out and it let you fill in the blanks. It had moments of dialogue that would explain like where people are at, but it would just, I don't know. I'm glad that it wasn't like contagion, you know, it wasn't like this sort of everybody trying to figure out a problem together. Sure. It's just not, I thought it was, this is the right approach for this movie. I mm -hmm. think just focus yeah. on the stuff that's most important to the characters, which is going mm -hmm. through the situation. Yeah. And I mean, I assume uh, this is a small budget film. Like I can't imagine this costs more than, like a million or two to make probably a couple thousand or like a couple hundred thousand. I was gonna say, you're going to be like, I can imagine it being more like 90 million. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but no, but I mean, like, I think, <laughs> I think, you know, like the way that it is able to, um, you know, I, I, 
some from what I can recall, it's pretty much all centralized into this one location, but you know, kind of similar to um Bo Burham's inside, like they find a lot of interesting ways to make that one centerpiece visually interesting or, you know, do a lot of stuff that isn't super flashy, but makes it, you know, visually distinct and not lose any luster in that respect. So yeah, I think it's, it's very commendable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, sorry. It's interesting. You bring up the Bo Burnham inside thing just because it, one thing this movie does share with that is it's also sort of commenting on how, like technology and advertising and media in general is reacting to this sort of thing. Some people are making TV shows out of it and like just sort of like highlighting the absurdity of Mm -hmm. human behavior in the midst of these life, you know, generational just like events that Mm -hmm. I think that we're, we're in the middle of something like that right now. And it's something that we're sort of experiencing after not really experiencing anything this disruptive since I want to say like world war two, probably in terms of right. like the entire world just like halting well, yeah. for something yeah no i mean that, that definitely reminds me of like in 2020 like i didn't watch like a lot of tv but i remember like if i did there'd be like you'd see like a commercial for like papa john's or something where like everyone's wearing a mask and it's just like times are tough but here at papa john's yeah, yeah. we care about you and it's just like <laughs> what is economy. happening right yeah exactly it's just like <laughs> well there were just, commercials i remember like right. there were literally condom commercials for like well you're stuck inside anyway <laughs> it's like well, right. that may be true but you don't have to <laughs> right i mean i guess it's better than them being like go out there have fun live your life <laughs> Yeah, just being totally toned deaf. Yeah, like showing people like running through a crowd, you know, um, coughing on one another, sneezing on each other, and all that. And yeah, whatever. You getting a call? No, I just got like this weird. My phone just started like lighting up and doing something weird. That kind of like spooked me a little bit. I was like, "Is there something going on outside?" I'm like looking behind, oh, looking at the window. Uh, no, but we're good. Life is still civilization is still. In. But yeah, no. Um, I I just think it's just. We're, we're kind of going through this weird thing, too, where, like, TV shows these days and movies in general, too, are just sort of like, how do we address COVID? Like, sometimes shows are like, oh, we're the, the pandemic's over because we got vaccinated. And then some shows are sort of like, it never happened. And, you know, I, I, I kind of appreciate how, like, Joe Para, it's, like, still 2018. And they even, like, mentioned that. Like, canonically, the show still takes place in 2018, mm-hmm. so they don't even have to, like, deal with it. Did um, you see, I, um, there was, like, an article, I think, in 2020 when they wrote... Like different show writers wrote like what their characters would be doing during the pandemic. And he wrote one for like what Joe Para and Joe Firestone, what their characters would be doing during the no. pandemic. You have to look that up. It's quite funny. Right. And I know you haven't really seen uh, the new season. So Not yet, I won't, I won't yeah. say anything. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I th- there were all kinds of different approaches. I remember like Superstore, like they just they released their final season and they had a bunch of episodes devoted to COVID. I mean, it's just I think that uh there, there are a lot of weird responses media-wise to this pandemic. It's so entertaining to me for that reason, to like in that respect, that one of the ones that really captures the dread, the existentialism, the grief, the trauma, is this one that I think clearly somebody had in mind. Like they just, it's it's a stroke of, it's a, it's a clap of thunder, a, a shot of lightning. It just, I, I can't describe how unbelievable it is that this exists but yeah i think it's, I think it's good i think it's it's hard it's, for me yeah, to recommend it right you know it's like who wants this i, I think it, yeah yeah i think it's quite good and um it is good yeah i i 
I mean, yeah, it's a hard thing to pull off um, in terms of like kind of keeping your attention. And, you know, obviously, like like we say, it doesn't really have a sunny disposition, I guess, fittingly enough with the clouds. But um, yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was like oppressively bleak or anything. It just felt very true to like what the situation was like. And I mean, I don't, I agree. I don't think it's going to win everyone over. And I think something like this, that, you know, even if it just reminds them of the pandemic, it gives them hives. Like I understand wanting to watch something else instead, but I mean, I, I felt this would be a fairly beneficial film for helping me kind of contemplate what happened the past year. So even though, like we said, wasn't the deliberate intent of the filmmakers, it, it did give me a lot of proper reflection on this time. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, art should be that for a lot of reasons. And, you know, this is a, a good film in many respects, but certainly in that case. Yeah, I, I think um, I <laughs> it tickles me to imagine the synopsis for this director's next film, like causing a worldwide panic. <laughs> you <know>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like like uh, all the stock market bet, crashes. <laughs> yeah. I hope she just makes something very calm and like, like, you know, very <laughs> yeah, much yeah. like two people win a bunch of money and give it to everybody. <laughs> Wow. That's your next movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I, d I don't expect that that would be the case, but uh, we can dream, I suppose. All right, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game for The Pink Cloud. Not a super long movie, just under two hours. And I think it's just the right amount. I think oh, I, I, I didn't to uh, yeah. tell you, um, worst person in the world, 128 minutes. So. I saw 121. So apparently, there's some conflicting info running around. We got to figure that out. But uh, <laughs> it's around there. So The Pink Cloud. Rotten Tomatoes, we have 47 critics who braved the outdoors to see this film, to log, to review it. What do you think the RT score is for The Pink Cloud? Hmm. 78%? You keep going in the 70s. When these hmm. these bad boys are in the 90s. This is not, I, that actually are, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, on top of it. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Now we have an audience score this time. This one is fewer than 50 ratings. So, you know, audiences are still getting around to it. They're like, sorry, I got... Hmm. Got not not in the do. mood right now to watch this, but I'll get to it. But what do you think the ones you have, what do you think they rated it? Um, uh, that's tricky. 68%? 40%. Yeah, I was going to say, I figured it was Ooh. pretty low. Yeah, people are just kind of like, uh, read the Check, room. Check, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, what about Letterboxd? We have a different crowd on Letterboxd, right? Kind of a mix uh, of critics and film fans so what do you think what do you think the uh the average rating on letterbox is uh 3.4 3.3 you're pretty good with the letterbox ones i'm not gonna lie to you that's mm -hmm. i'm pretty impressed and uh not not a lot of people have logged it 2.5 thousand that's far far lower than the other two films we talked about this week but that's it uh some people are seeing it. it just like is getting its release so we should make that clear yeah no i mean yeah because we were debating whether or not to even cover this film and you're like should i watch it i was like yes <laughs> let's do <laughs> so it yeah. Let's depress ourselves before right. Sundance. Yeah. Well, but okay. Yeah. Spe speaking of, I think that'll do it for our show. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully this episode was eerily prescient of a time that has not happened yet. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, thank you as always for listening. We'll be back soon to talk about all the latest stuff, or at least most of the stuff we saw at Sundance and more. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Cinemaholics. You can do all kinds of fun things like connect with us on social media. Please do. Our show notes has links to everything that we think you should link to. So take a look. Uh, that's it for us, though, for now. Signing off from the Internet California, I'm John Agroni. And from the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time.